0: What is good, all of our listeners and viewers? Welcome back to another episode of Games and Groceries. My name is Adam, and I'm Liz, and we're recording this before the E3 showcases. Hey! Woohoo! We're here with episode 153. Where we're we're going to be talking about, hey man, can you really have world events without having a politics in your game? But first, we've got some segments for you. Yes, we do. Here we are. Here we are. It's it's Friday.
1: Yeah, I just finished my first full week and my second week in general. Yeah, with my new job.
0: Hooray, Yay. new job, hooray! Um, but I'm yeah, killing it. We, you are mm-hmm. uh, accordingly. You are killing it at your new job, so that's good. Yeah, but. Yes, so we got uh, a good amount of show to get through, but Mm -hmm. uh, first, I want to remind everybody again, if you didn't tune into last week's episode, we are going to be taking a pretty long hiatus. Uh, We're pretty much going to take as much as we need uh, to kind of reboot the show and by as much Mm -hmm. as we need, at least a few months. Yeah. So starting in July we're not going to be recording any more episodes, but we're really going to focus in on the move to North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And then after that, once we're there, once we're settled, we're really going to think about how we can really reboot the show. Essentially, mm-hmm. we've got some ideas in the works, but uh, we want we don't want to make any promises that we, you know, what if we can't keep them? You know? Yeah. So uh, but that's that. But starting in July, we only have three episodes left uh, and then we're going to go on hiatus. But we have some other shows for you. Uh, we're always going to do What's the Biz. It's our other podcast where me and Liz just talk about anything. I'm most likely going to start a new Discord channel uh, in the Games of Groceries Discord on just What's the Biz random questions so that mm-hmm. you can still be involved in that. But What's the Biz is going to be every single week regardless. And then we also have a second channel, E-Vault. Uh We're going to be posting a video sometime soon who knows um maybe but um that's still gonna be in the works but in terms of games groceries it's gonna be on a pretty long hiatus just to see what we can do with it so but that's just a a gentle reminder But let's just get other business out of the way because we're on social media. We're on Twitter at Gaming Groceries. I'm on Twitter as well at Ace Grocer. And I'm at Journey First. You can follow us on Instagram if you want to. I don't really care, but you can check it out with some questions. I'll ask you about the show every single week. Wow. (laughs) Uh, So you can check it out. We have social media uh, questions on there. So check that out. But we're also on Discord, as I mentioned before. Discord link is in the description down below. So you can check that one out. Join the Discord. There's some cool people on there. And for our other show, What's the Biz, I'm probably going to add a channel. By the time this episode comes out, uh, the channel's already there. I'll add a text channel where you can ask us random questions for What's the Biz We'll answer as many as we can on what's the biz or just a little topic starter. So Mm -hmm. check that out for yourself. And if you're watching us on YouTube, hi, how are you doing? You're doing great. Ah, cool. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. So that you know what any updates about the channel. Yes, we have three episodes left, but you can subscribe. So you know when we're going to be back for our hiatus. You'll be Mm -hmm. first to know because you subscribe to the channel. Wow. Lucky to go. And if you hit that notification bell, wow. Good for you, too. Uh, and leave us a review on your Favorite podcast platform Okay, mm. business is out of the way Great Ooh. Okay, it's time to start the show Yay. With our First segment Movie Minutes Movie minutes as a segment, that we talk about the movies we watched watching the past week, whether on Netflix, Hulu, Amazon Prime. Who cares? Disney Plus, if for all I care. And we like to give you a recommendation or not a recommendation. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! uh So here on the Gibbs podcast, we have a five point scale of how to recommend a movie. We started Ugh, avoid it at all costs, eh, pass, enjoyable, solid, and perfect for us. Uh, so this week's movie is actually going to be coming to us from Disney Plus because Ooh. it's actually it's not on Premier Access anymore. Everybody, you don't mm-hmm. have to pay fifty dollars for it. Thirty. Thirty dollars for it. it feels like fifty. Uh, we're of course talking about Ryan the Last Dragon. Hooray! Ooh. Cool. So to v- clarify for those of you not
1: watching, it was Raya and the Last
0: Dragon. What did I kinda, say?
1: Well, you said Raya, but it sounded like Ryan. If you were only Ryan! on audio, you might not have caught it so well
0: it's the bootleg version it's ryan and the last dragon
1: there is a netflix <laughs> movie that says the wish dragon
0: i heard i, and saw, I saw that it, i was like
1: that looks like a ripoff that's definitely a rip-off. but that's just me anyway
0: but this is our brief thoughts on raya and the last dragon uh it is off of premiere access so now you can if you have disney plus oh wow you can watch it now Without mm-hmm. paying thirty dollars, mm, great. Woo-hoo. So let's start with our thoughts on the movie with our five point scale. Liz, what did you give it?
1: I gave it an enjoyable. Cool. Um, I was between a solid and an enjoyable. I ended up going with enjoyable because it like wasn't like the most amazing movie. I could probably watch it more than once. Yes, because it was funny. Mm-hmm. Like in general it was a very funny movie. Like there are some kids movies you're just like this is so boring. Yeah. Um but it was really funny. I really enjoyed it. All the cha- I loved all the characters and they had like some really recognizable voice actors mm-hmm. in there. Um so that was really exciting. Um Aquafina's in it and I love her. Yeah. Um I can't really think of like the net cuz there weren't like major negatives. It was mostly just it just didn't feel like a solid or perfect to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember my reasonings for giving it enjoyable.
0: Well, we'll discuss that in a bit. Yeah, but
1: I'll let Adam jog my memory.
0: So uh, I also gave it enjoyable. And more when we give something enjoyable, it's like, it was fine. I enjoyed yeah. it. It was okay. And that's all I thought about Ryan and the Last yeah. Dragon is because it's not like a solid yeah. Disney film. It's not but it's not a pass either because yeah i enjoyed it it was fine i it was liked good it
1: Good for free
0: yeah i if i paid 30 dollars for this i would have been way more aggressive towards this movie
1: yeah and i think that's why it was an enjoyable because it's like i don't think i would have been happy if i paid to see this in theaters and i don't right. think i'd be happy with this paying 30 dollars to see it on premiere access but for a free solid disney movie mm-hmm. it was enjoyable
0: so I want to start with the setup of this film is that it actually dives into humanity's divide. And wow, what a time to release a movie like this. <laughs> um, it's it's talking about, you know, dividing others, that we don't trust each other, that we're making assumptions about people. And that's where like humanity's downfall really came into play. And then you start to see like, oh, okay, this is going to be the theme of the movie here. It's going to be about messages about positivity, but it's also relaying the times of, when this movie's really coming out, mm-hmm. is that you know this movie comes out twenty twenty, you know into twenty twenty one. A lot of people are just angry at each other, and I'm sure as they're animating this, you know it's going into twenty sixteen into twenty twenty. You know, yeah. it's really starting to go into this humanity divided, um, and it, does it pick up its message along the way? Uh, you know i think it does a good job for a kid's movie Mm -hmm. uh if this was you know an actual artsy movie like taking itself too seriously i don't think it hits in mark but you know for a message providing it for children yeah you know and just you know the adults that are watching along too i think it does a fine job with its message
1: Yeah, Yeah, i mean they basically blatantly say like kindness is better yeah don't fight and for a kids movie, you know, for kids, sometimes you have to be that upfront about it. So I mm-hmm. think that's fine.
0: Yeah, it, it's very upfront with it. And and that's fine. It was fine with the movie. Now, the other thing I want to talk about where it is the core audience of this movie is kids, you know, and also, also adults. But, you know, the main main demographic here is young kids, right? Yeah. The one thing that can annoy a lot of people that would take this movie too seriously than it actually is um talking about myself here is that this movie is very very <laughs> reliant on macguffins like it's just like oh we got to get this piece oh we got to get that piece oh we got to get this and then put it all together mm-hmm. um it, it's very reliant on that where it, it's just like go get this for this purpose and mm-hmm. that that is you know macguffin yeah. uh it's heavily reliant on it yeah. it is the entire plot
1: yeah
0: however It is Disney. However, it is a children's movie. However, this is meant for families. So it's just like it's I can't really fault it for that. Mm -hmm. I I can't really fault it because it is very blatant. It is very, you know, uh, outright with its message. So I can't fault it for having kind of a a storyline based on MacGuffins.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean and it's not even like you know Disney hasn't done a movie like that mm-hmm. so it's not like this is like they're following like oh this is our protocol right um so I don't think it was that bad and like we keep saying it's a kids movie kids movies tend to have very simplistic mm-hmm. plots and goals yeah so I, I think for a kids movie it was it was good and if we had a kid that was obsessed with it sure I wouldn't mind watching it a couple times now because tuk-tuk is adorable <laughs>
0: Now I will say, and I think, and this is a fair comparison, by the way. This isn't as memorable as Moana, and when I say it's a fair comparison, it is still a Disney movie and same director as Moana. Mm-hmm. Um, I would not say this is as memorable as Moana. It doesn't have any songs in it, mm-hmm. uh, and some of the animation can be a little bit generic, and yeah. you can tell that they ran out of animation budget because a lot of the backgrounds when we were talking you know mm-hmm. close to each other the backgrounds are very blurred yes. like <laughs> they're incredibly blurred for a for a reason and i think they just ran out of animation budget and i'm sure 2020 had something to do with that yeah so i can't fault it for that but keep in mind this isn't going to be a disney classic yeah is this a good Disney? If it doesn't
1: pl- have music then it's not going to be a disney
0: classic, right is this a good disney plus movie yeah it's yeah. fine it's good is it going to be in the vaults Eh, no. I don't see it. But you know, all around this movie was fine. It was enjoyable. That's mm-hmm. what we gave it. I recommend it. It's it's enjoyable. It's fine. If
1: you were interested in it, worth it.
0: Yeah. And now it's on Disney Plus with your uh with your subscription instead mm-hmm. of paying an extra thirty dollars. So I think it's fine. It is an hour and fifty-four minutes. Uh it's almost two hours, which is kind of odd because the next day we watched Brave which is an hour 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think it executed its story much better within an hour 30 minutes. But, you know, yeah. that's just me. But again, uh, those are our brief thoughts on Riot and the Last Dragon. Again, it's on Disney Plus now without premier access, mind you. Uh, we both gave it enjoyable. You should check it out for yourself if you would like to. But uh, other than that, I think it's time to go into some gaming news. Okay. Wow. Okay. Now that you agree with me, I'm more excited to get into this. Uh, let's just do it with our second segment. Top three gaming news. The top three gaming news is the gaming news that we saw in the past week. We would like to rank a three, two, one, just to give you a condensed version of, hey, what's going on in the video game industry? Ah, <laughs> so pointing out one thing. Yes, I understand. The day is Monday. Yes, I know that Saturday and Sunday was E3. Mm-hmm. And currently, as you're watching this, it's E3 still. Yeah. Uh, I am not talking about anything E3 because we're recording this on Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is not coming out till Monday Monday morning. So all the yeah. E3 news, that all the coverage. In fact, some of the news topics I'm going be talking about probably will be updated. And all of my uh, things will be um, uh, obsolete. So, yeah. did you just feel the texture of the plastic?
1: No, I just I, I didn't realize that that was there before. Yeah, so I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. It is Sorry, very interesting. My mic.
0: Speaking of interesting, <laughs> uh, yeah, so top 3 gaming news. So the number 3 gaming news actually comes to us from uh this kind of follow up from last week's show. Uh Panic's Playdate. Oh wow, and I told you guys about it that uh they said like, "Oh wow, it's coming out in 2021. It's going to be happening." And uh the the price went up. There's more games, there's more gigabytes, but after we recorded that, they put out a direct, the, uh, kind of like a direct-esque, like a Nintendo Direct mm. of updates about the thing, about the play dates. And I'm excited for it. And, and that's the thing. It's like, I am I am okay that this thing exists. Now, we yeah. got a comment on last week's episode where, you know, saying like, oh, uh, he's excited for it. Uh, I'm not sure about my reasonings for it. He wasn't mean about it. He was not mean yeah. about it. But I just pretty much clarify this. Like I I I am fine with it. It's just that I don't think I w- I would buy this for $180. Mm-hmm. That's just it. But after watching this direct, uh, direct esque, mind you. Yeah. I think it's still fine. I think yeah. it's still fine and it exists. One of the things is that if you watch this on the YouTubes, um, there's this little desk buddy right here yeah. that actually charges it. So it's magnetically put onto this little desk buddy right here. And uh, and it has a Bluetooth speaker. Uh, it is a pen holder, so you get the little pan. Uh, but yeah, it kind of just mounted there. There's a little FM radio onto the Playdate. So it's just like a nice little desk buddy that you can uh, charge your Playdate on. Mm-hmm. So that's the first accessory. It comes with a little pan. Um, but I think it's a little adorable, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's cute. I When I first saw the picture, I was like, wait, I didn't realize it was that big. I thought no. it was flat. And then when you said it was the thing i was like oh okay yeah it looks like see- a little oh, one of those old mini tvs like the yeah. portable tvs mm-hmm. that's what it looks like
0: yeah like you can see right here on this yeah. line right here that's where it magnetically okay. connects yeah that's what i thought uh but part it's of the it's really thing-
1: weird that it comes with a pen though just
0: yeah, it's, it's just p- really random yeah it comes with a with a little pan Um, but you know, there's some other details that was put into play, how seasons will work, that you're going to get 24 games over the course of 12 weeks. Mm. I think you're going to get two free games and they're going to just download onto the panic play date. You're just going to get, you know, 24 games that you're not able to play on any other system. And I'm going to get to that in just a little bit. Um, and also one of those games is, I don't think they said it was going to be in season one. I'm not sure. Maybe it's season 2. I don't think he's done just yet, but Lucas Pope is actually designing a game for this. If you don't know who mm-hmm. Lucas Pope is, uh he designs uh Papers Please as well as, you know, uh Oberdin. Oh, uh oh, Oberdin, and I can't remember what's before it, but he designed those and now he's making a game for the Playdate as an ex- exclusive. So, this is exciting stuff, but what's more exciting is like, hey, I'm a I'm a developer somewhat and i want to develop a game for this game can i develop a game for the panic play date you sure can mm-hmm. so i'm going to read this quote from the article that's linked down below saying make your own games of course beyond the seasonal content developers and users will be able to make their own games for Playdate, which can be side loaded onto the system to help pa- uh to help panic has created pulp A fully browser-based game dev tool for coding, graphics, and music, which can be used for custom games. Devs can eventually release and sell these games themselves for the playdates. So this is actually completely web browser. You can open up in Chrome, go into Panic Pulp, Playdate Pulp, and design your own game from the web browser.
1: And that's where the price tag comes from.
0: Well, not even that. It just makes it very accessible. No, the pa- uh, the uh, the the price tag comes from it's 2020, and they can't find parts in time, yeah. and so it's very rare. And you get 24 games, and you get more gigabytes. Yeah, this has nothing to do with 180 dollars. This has oh. has to do with this is free. Oh. this is completely free. You can just go on the web browser. You can sell your game eventually. That's cool. So I think this little thing. Is very accessible and I think it will just allow players to you know play something that's different, right? Mm-hmm. It is a different system, it is not like any other system that you have, it's not like a PC, it's not like a PlayStation, it is just a play date. It is simple, it it plays games, that's what it does, and you can design games for it. I, I think it's nice, it's neat, and I hope it has a successful niche in the market. Am I gonna buy it? Maybe not right now. Eventually, possibly, probably. <laughs> uh, Liz, what are your thoughts on this?
1: No, I think it's cool. Like you said, I don't see us buying it right away.
0: Yeah, not not on day um,
1: one. Well, we never buy anything on day one. Sure. But, but in general, I, the price tag is just too high for us for something that's still new. Yeah. Um. I mean, it took us a few years just to buy a switch Lite. Hmm. Um. So, I like you said, I I. Definitely would see us buying it sometime in the future mm-hmm. if it does well and we learn more about it. Yeah. But right now, it's just, it's just not something that we need in our life.
0: Yeah, it's just but not it's something interesting. Yeah, and,
1: and good for them for trying to get, put a new system out there.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. It's just like it's nice. It's new. I think it's doing something different in the and market. It's adorable. And that's the thing. I enjoy that this exists. I mm-hmm. don't think I'll buy it right now. Yeah. I, you know, it's not that it's not impressing me. It's just like it, all all that it is for me is like I'm glad it exists yeah. and I'm glad people are enjoying it mm-hmm. for the what it is. Mm-hmm. So uh but that brings us to our number 2 gaming news which is about Elden Ring Elden Ring everybody it's real even though we already knew that in 2019 I don't know why it was trending on Twitter that it's real because we already knew it was real it's not like Starfield where you know Starfield we weren't sure if it was real or not but you know here we go it's real (sighs) so Elden Ring it's a thing it's actually it's actually releasing it has a release date oh my goodness now this is coming to us fresh off of Summer Game Fest. Woo! And like I said, we're recording this before E3, so maybe, maybe um, more info has dropped on this game. And, you know, this is completely obsolete, so I do apologize for that. But Elden Ring is here, and it's actually coming sooner than I actually thought. Um but yeah, there's a lot of details to go over about this. You know, uh, first of all, just want to remind everybody that the last time we heard about this game, Elden Ring, was in E3 2019. Wow. So that's when, uh, you know, Miyazaki, you know, he put it out there that Elden Ring, it's going to be a thing. We got a teaser trailer. That's it. Nothing else. But Miyazaki, and if you don't know, Miyazaki designed a de- uh, Demon Souls. Did he design Demon Souls? Or is that another company? That might be stupid. Uh, but also Dark Souls and Bloodborne and Sekiro. Um, all of which people are huge fans of. I enjoyed my time with Sekiro. Um, I'm okay on Dark Souls. But this is actually also going to be co-narrative designed by George R.R. Martin. Ooh! So that guy, the Game of Thrones guy. Mm-hmm. So he's actually going to be co-writing with a narrative of this game. It's going to be an open world game. It's going to have much more RPG elements into it. Uh, You're going to actually have a character creator. Uh, You're going to be called the Tarnished in this Mm. one. Uh, It's going to have dynamic weather. It's going to have multiplayer. Uh, It's going to have active NPCs that you don't know if they're going to attack you or not. It's going to have a lot of things in this world that's dynamic between the weather, the NPCs, uh, your fun, your enjoyment. That's going to be dynamic. Um, My life is dynamic, but... So I want to read this quote that's in the description down below. It's going off of the Bandai Namco. Oh, no. no. The Bandai Namco uh, press release for this game. And uh, I want to read. This is a good chunk of it, but I I want to kind of go through this. So let me uh, bear with me here. Saying it added players will become fully immersed in the world of Elden Ring as they begin their journey and choose their own path. Traverse on foot or horseback, ooh, horsies, alone or online with friends, across grassy plains, suffocating swamps, and lush forests. Ascend spiraling mountains, enter breathtaking castles, and witness other sights of grandeur on a scale never seen before from a From Software title. Elden Ring's role playing and customization options allow players to define their own unique. Playstyle Experimentation is encouraged with a wide variety of weapons, magical abilities, skills found throughout the world, enticing players to follow previously unexplored progression paths. So basically Skyrim, Dark Souls. Got it. Uh, but yeah, I'm very excited. It's, it's definitely RPG elements into this. Mm-hmm. Not that Dark Souls wasn't RPG. Not that Sekiro wasn't RPG, but this seems to be very much more customized in mm-hmm. this way that your tarnish is not going to be my tarnished right yeah. that this is going to be an open world kind of rpg dark souls with a george rr R. R. martin style narrative mm-hmm. uh, and like i said more has probably already been said by the time this episode's come out but uh very exciting about this so yeah. liz what are your thoughts
1: um i'm definitely interested yeah and also Intimidated, because like those games are a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, the camera turned off. Uh-oh. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm interested. It sounds really, like I said, it sounds very jam-packed with like all the things <laughs> that you can do. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely interested in playing. I'm excited to see more about it, because I didn't see any videos or anything. Um, so yeah, I'm definitely keeping my eye out.
0: So, this game is actually going to be releasing January 21st, 2022. Now, Jason Trier has also tweeted like, oh, I hope it doesn't get delayed. I'm like, stop, stop. Uh, So, he might think that it's going to get delayed, but he needs to stop and shut his mouth. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so, very exciting stuff. I think this is a game that a lot of people are very excited for, including myself. Um, I'm not a huge fan. Dark Souls fan, not a huge Sekiro fan, I, but I enjoy my time in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but this seems like a game that I really, really want mm-hmm. to dive into. So
1: I like that it said that you can use your unique play style. So it's like, that's why I was like intimidated <laughs> to said that. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I can chill if that's what I want to do.
0: Yeah. So uh, exciting stuff. It's coming out June 21st. So really, really cool. Which brings us to our number one gaming news. And this Ooh-hoo. is probably the longest we've ever been on gaming news, but yeah. here we are. It, it is what it is, but this might be a quick one. But this is just an interesting tidbit into what Xbox is doing to Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And this is why I put it into number one because it's like, uh oh, <laughs> oh, it's giving Game Pass to people without a console. What? Wow. So Microsoft uh, announced with, um, oh, uh, with Satya I forget his last name Satya and Phil Spencer of course uh, they sat down and they kind of read over this uh, this already you know written out piece but they're bringing game pass onto televisions without the need of a console hmm. And what's actually gonna might might be happening is that they're gonna be putting in a television app it's gonna they're gonna they're gonna be working with TV manufacturers. And they're going to be putting in an app, much like if you turn on your smart TV and you put it on the Netflix app, mm-hmm. there's going to be a Game Pass app that you all you have to do is turn on your controller and your TV is your Game Pass. Cool. They're also developing a, you know, a, th- this is announced. This is official at this mm-hmm. point. This has always been rumored, but this is official now Um, that they're putting in a TV plug in stick for it. And this is a wide array that they're trying to do. To pretty much compete with Luna and uh, Google Stadia, if mm-hmm. you whether or not you think Google Stadia is dead or not, it's still a thing that people mm-hmm. are playing, and Xbox is competing with that. Yeah, and this is direct competition yeah. towards that. Absolutely. Uh, so I want to read this quote from the article, always linked in the description down below, uh, saying what exactly what I said. <laughs> Microsoft is working with TV manufacturers around the world to embed the Xbox experience directly into internet connected TVs, smart TVs. The idea is you'll be able to play uh, Xbox games with no additional hardware except for a controller. This is a very big deal because it opens up for a potentially much larger audience for Xbox. People who don't want to spend hundreds of dollars for a console, but still want to play games on their TV. Mm -hmm. So this is just opening up much more subscribers to Game Pass. Uh the article also states that uh they want to give more uh Game Pass subscriptions, right? give more but like more options. So there's Game Pass for console, there's Game Pass for PC, there's xCloud. Now they want to do something for TV, potentially. Then they want to do much more all-access, which, if you don't know, all-access is when you go into a place and you do monthly payments to pay off your Series X. Mm -hmm. And in that monthly payments, it also includes Game Pass. Mm -hmm. So they want to do much more options with that. Pretty much what they're trying to do... Is make gaming as accessible as possible to as many people as possible. Mm -hmm. Rather than trying to make it like PlayStation, the core audience is gamers. Yeah. Very serious gamers. Whereas um, Xbox is just throwing the spaghetti on the wall and seeing what sticks. Yeah. So what do you think?
1: I think it's great. And I think it's really, it'll be really good for families. So like say you have a kid in your family who wants to game or has asked for consoles and everything but you don't come from a gaming family so you don't have consoles Mm -hmm. it's this is nice because then parents can just get them this subscription buy them a a controller yeah and you can have them test it out and see if they stick to like enjoying video games yeah and you don't have to buy them the big expensive system Mm -hmm. and again that again it just saves families money yeah you know you can just give kids this controller and say here's a game pass subscription yeah you know it's so much easier than buying them a whole system
0: now i'm not sure if game pass has a parental control i'm sure it does i just haven't seen it but like that 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 is a danger to like most parents like here play as many games as you want and there's like all these m-rated games including grand theft auto 5 is on uh game pass so i'm sure there's parental controls i just haven't seen them but if there's not there should be developing one um yeah, I, I think, like I said, it's very interesting. And they're just really opening up the door to for more people to become mm-hmm. gamers. In fact, they're now doing X Cloud in the next few weeks. X Cloud will be coming to browsers, including Chrome, Safari, um, and I think Firefox, they said. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be opening up to that. So you're going to be opening up uh, Xbox, uh, X Cloud onto consoles. So they're pretty much just. Making gaming as accessible yeah. as they possibly can. Which
1: is great because there are families who can't afford new consoles. Yeah. This will allow them all to play newer games without exactly. having to buy these brand new consoles.
0: So, it's pretty mind-blowing. Like I said, PlayStation has their core audience. Xbox is just trying to widen the net here. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's interesting stuff. And like I said, uh, we're recording this before E3. Uh, so, maybe Microsoft did come out in their Xbox showcase and... Say more about this. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I'm not a fortune teller, as nope. you can see. But uh, I think that does it for the gaming news. But write your thoughts in the comments down below about the Panic Playdate. Do you think about buying it? I, what do you think about this? I thought it was interesting, but I'm not sure if I'll buy it just yet. But what about you? What do you think? Uh, Elden Ring is a mm-hmm. thing. Woohoo! Are you excited for it? Do you think it's going to be delayed? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. And it's Xbox Game Pass coming to televisions as like an embedded app. What do you think about that? Do you think it's stupid? Do you think it's great? Write your thoughts in the comments down below. So that brings us to our big topic at hand. Mm-hmm. We're going to be talking a little bit about video games that, you know, like the total line between politics. or we're not political, blah, 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 blah. Can you actually do that? Can you have your cake and eat it too? But that brings us to our, you know, last segment, talking about this. So let's jump into it with our final segment. Hockey time. Every single week here on the Games and podcast, we like to have a little discussion about the games industry, whether it be about female gamers or game preservation, we like to have a discussion right here on this very show. And this week, we're going to be talking about how the uh, Battlefield 2042, it was revealed and there's some interesting things that came out from it. Uh, one in particular, and if you read the article about this and you, you saw the statements, that's, um, well, first and foremost, and I want to set this up uh, in the correct manner. Uh, Twenty uh, Battlefield 2042 is going to be multiplayer only. So there's no campaign, no story, no narrative written. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind. There is no narrative written. However, within the multiplayer maps or all of that, uh, there are refugees, there's refugee camps, there's also a climate crisis going on, uh, meaning global warming, and all of that's uh, malarkey, I guess you can say. It's not malarkey, sorry. Um, and yet they're saying this has nothing to do with politics, they're not trying to create a commentary on the world because this is for gameplay purposes only. <laughs> so as we're setting up this conversation... What are our thoughts on that? That you can have a climate crisis, refugees, possibly even more political events, real life world events, without being political? Can you do this and not be political, uh, Liz? What are your thoughts on that?
1: I think part of it is like you always say, mm-hmm. video games are a piece are art, and yes. art is driven from by like what's going on in the world now. Mm-hmm. So it is they 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 thought of it from something yes. whether they realize it or not they did think about this and it was their thought came from the world around them mm-hmm. what well, like i said whether they realize it or not yeah when it comes to the decision to do it it i think it depends on how they play it out mm-hmm. if it's a political thing or not yeah um cuz it depends on like how those themes come into play in mm-hmm. the game um but personally i feel like Pretty much every decision you make these days can be a political decision. Me deciding to drink water regularly can be considered a political... Can it? Pres- yes, because it's health. I'm choosing to drink water for my health.
0: Is, is health, health political? It can be. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, oops, <laughs> 2020 just is health political. Ouch. I'm
1: choosing to drink water for my health, whereas... There are communities that don't have clean water to drink. There Uh, are places that mm. they can't afford to get health care or get Mm. healthier object, healthier food and nutrients. Yeah. So me choosing to eat healthy can be considered political. Right. So I think every decision that you make these days can be boiled down to a political decision. Do I agree with that concept? Mm -hmm. No, but that's the world we live in today is that every decision you make someone can root it back to politics Mm -hmm. and where you lay in those politics.
0: Yeah, and and that's the thing is that I keep thinking about this and that that brings me to, you know, my second question on this is like, can you actually make a game world with real world events that are happening in our current world, not in a fantasy event, but even in a fantasy event, Mm -hmm. right? Can you create narratives that are never an inspiration from real, real world events? Never like a political stance or anything like that. Can Is it even possible? Because like you said, you're always thinking about your own mind. What mm-hmm. comes out of your creation? It's cr- coming yeah. out of your own mind.
1: And even if it's fantasy, it's your bias in that subject. Right. You choose your enemy mm-hmm. in your subconscious. Right. Just like um, Say Good Night Kevin has pointed out in the Christian movies yes. that the um, atheists in like all the Christian movies, atheists like the most hateful type of person. Mm-hmm. Like it's really easy to hate that person. Yeah. When that's not how all atheists are. Right. So, and that comes from the creator's biases in their head. Mm-hmm. They think atheists are bad. Yeah. Must make this person seem evil.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think, I mean, even in fantasy, it's going to show where you lie. If you're making a game about the Elizabethan era, you're okay. going to display Queen Elizabeth as how you personally view her okay. as a good queen or a bad queen.
0: Yeah. And that's my thing is that with this, uh, with Battlefield 2042 saying that there's refugees, there's a climate crisis, right? Uh, that in of itself, calling it a climate crisis, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, I think already is a commentary of what you think about global warming mm-hmm. because the fact that you put it in your game in the first place right
1: as a crisis
0: as a crisis you know that's you know there is a climate crisis going on and Mm -hmm. i think you know that affects people in a different way and i think you know that drives sales now however my my also thought on this is that saying like whose decision uh you know can you say that you know all of all of ea and all of battlefield 2042s uh developers have the same mindset, because that's what we discussed on the show before. Mm-hmm. Many different people go into game developments. Yeah. It's not just one person. If this is an indie title, I think they they wouldn't be afraid to say that we, we don't have a response for this. Mm-hmm. Because it is that person. Yeah. Whereas Battlefield 2042 and another game that comes into mind, Six Days of Fallujah, where they said, oh, it's not a political game at all not a political game there's many games i've done this mm-hmm. on the triple a level on the double a level right yeah uh to say that, oh yeah no we we have no commentary this is not a commentary this game is not political because and i think they're trying to do this in the safety of everybody developing for this game mm-hmm. is that's listen we have our stances they have theirs and we don't want to get anybody in trouble yeah. Do you, do you agree with that? Or do you think that's also a, like a cop-out?
1: That they're just trying to protect the person whose idea it was?
0: I guess, yeah, trying to protect the actual person whose ideas, ideas it was and protecting the people who are just developing it maybe don't share that same value. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because not everybody in the development team believes in you know a climate crisis
1: yeah they don't
0: i don't think anyone believe that or not (laughs) Whoa! wow i think (laughs) some people believe it
1: adam doesn't think that everyone on the team would believe it even if they do i personally and again this is going into my personal bias Mm -hmm. since we report on gaming news i hear a lot of bad things about developers and developer companies Mm. So no, I don't think they're protecting any of their developers. I don't think they're protecting anyone mm. on the team because if they, True. a lot of the video game industry just doesn't seem like they really care mm. about the views of the people who made the game. Yeah, I think on the other end, where I think maybe the writer had a different topic yeah. in mind, like some other type of crisis in some way, mm-hmm. and the video game guys are like, no, you know what? We should change that to a climate crisis because that's current. They might not thought, thought they might not have thought political, but they yeah. thought current. Current, yeah. And
0: because, as we said before, yeah. is that games only sell well once they're in, like, you can always say that, like, oh, wow, um, skateboarding games brought back skateboarding. No, 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 uh, they weren't making skateboarding games before because skateboarding had gone out of style, it was not a really big mainstream style. But now skateboarding is legitimately coming back, you know. Especially it's you know stance in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, skateboarding's coming back to the mainstream. Make more skateboarding games. Mm-hmm. We need to sell, 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 sell. Yeah. Same thing with Battlefield. Climate crisis. It's going to sell because yeah. it's current. Because it's a danger zone. Yeah. They have an opinion on it, and therefore it is a commentary. Yeah. On what they think about it.
1: And another thing about, like I said, it depends on how they handle the situation in the game yeah on whether it's a political standpoint in the game yes but they can't control how the players see it Mm -hmm. if someone who's playing the game doesn't believe in the climate crisis Mm -hmm. they're probably not going to enjoy the game because it's centered around that idea yes whereas someone who does believe and is very big advocate for the climate crisis Mm -hmm. they well, they might enjoy it a little more. They might relate to the game more. Yeah. And just like you did, when you saw that that was part of the game, your mind went instantly to politics. Yeah. And that it does relate to politics. So even though they're saying... Vote Green
0: Party, by the way. Yeah.
1: Mm. um, But... You just completely <laughs> threw me off. <laughs> but they... <laughs> even though they're saying it's it's not political, it's, you know, it's their game. They would know. Right. They can't help what other people think of when they hear that it's got climate crisis and refugees in it. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the other thing there. I mean, refugees is a whole other subject in politics. Right. Like again, that's another dividing line between the left and right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, they now, can't help what other people think.
0: Now, my final question before we get into social media answers is that how can we actually <laughs> constitute go away uh, now? How can we <laughs> constitute a game is actually commenting on a political event Versus an inspiration from real events. So, what I'm asking is that: how can we tell when a game is actually making a political comments, right? Versus just saying like, "Oh, we're just looking at things in the world, and we're just taking it all in. We're just absorbing it like a like a little politics sponge, and we're mm-hmm. just squeezing ourselves into our game. That's it." Yeah. How can we? How can we understand that? Because the one thing, uh, the one game that I really think about is Pikuniku. niku uh piku is an indie game and it's definitely centered on climate crisis it's definitely mm-hmm. centered on eco-friendly practices uh it is well in a game mm-hmm. am i saying that's a bad thing no vote green but uh i am saying is that it is very much a commentary on you know preserving our earth mm-hmm. rather than this they're saying that we're not making commentary it's just an In inspiration of world events, that's it. Yeah. How, how can we tell what's the difference?
1: I think pretty much just like what you just said, it's it's a difference between the game solely based around that mm-hmm. and them telling you, and, or like the game being based, like if it's about keeping the world clean, right? the game is going to be like, all right, pick up all the trash, <laughs> do this. Or even you think of um, Life is Strange 2. Yes. They explicitly talked about the racism yes. in America. Yeah. That that was not hidden in that game at no. all. And so and then in like you said, with this new game mm-hmm. that it sounds like they're gonna it's gonna be more inspiration based. And I know there are other games that I can't think of. Or here we go. It's if we're comparing the like racism and um can't remember the other word.
0: Yeah. I can't remember the other word. Oh.
1: Well. Um, but yeah. But if you're talking about that ex- specifically, you turn that on Detroit Become Human. Yes. That wasn't outright about racism mm-hmm. or the divide in the country. Mm-hmm. But that's what it was about. Yes. It was about that divide
0: mm-hmm. of
1: these were robots, these are humans, the humans are better than robots. Yes. And that so those are the two different games. Detroit was inspired, mm-hmm. whereas life is strange Two was this is what it's about
0: yeah which um the more we're finding out about david cage the more i'm finding out that yeah they were just inspirations they're not actually commentaries about humans uh and it was
1: just his personal bias
0: yeah, yeah. um if you want to learn more just just go ahead and um you know, follow uh, Rainbow Road podcast. They always have the best tweets about Mr. David Cage and what he says in the public, including a courtroom uh, scene that I'm not going to get into. But yeah, David Cage. Uh, yeah. So uh, I want to go into uh, social media answers. Oh, woohoo! Uh, Lizzie, you're not clapping. I couldn't find my headphones. I
1: forgot where I put them.
0: I wanted. <laughs> okay, but. I asked you on the social... Thank you! I asked you on social medias, can you make a game with world events without being political? So I asked you guys on there, and uh, you know we have some answers on Discord, but I stole a tweet from Rainbow Road Podcast. I <laughs> stole a tweet from them! And then uh, they clarified to me after I said I stole it. Um, so yes. Uh, so I asked, can you make a game with world events without being political? And I sold this tweet from a podcast who says there is literally no such thing as an apolitical game. And anyone trying to claim otherwise is trying to tell you that the status quo of capitalism, white supremacy, patriarchy and the queer phobia are all just fine. Thanks. Uh, basically, just saying that, like, with that, And he clarifies here and I'll and I'll read the clarification. But basically what Travis is saying, I'm, I'm assuming it was Travis on the Twitters, um. Uh, what he was saying is that, you know, anybody that just you know sidesteps, up, ah, we're not political, is saying that everything that's going on in our politics today, right now, is a okay, we're fine, we're not commenting on it. It's fine. So then I say, I'm stealing your tweet. And he says, I didn't even see it. Uh, that's a social media question. Uh elaborating a bit then. Even the Sims has politics to it. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh, despite not having a direct story. Without even trying, it's a commentary on home ownership and the middle class. Just because something feels normal or a slice of life—oh, just because something feels normal or a slice of life for the player—still political. Mm-hmm. So, Liz, what do you think about Travis's answer here?
1: I don't know about the gameplay itself, mm-hmm. but to me, the most political standpoint that Sims has always had is the option for. Um, mm the homosexual relationships. Okay. That's always been an option in Sims, even the very early ones, if I remember correctly. Yes. So I think that's like the b- biggest political, like when I think of politics and Sims, that's the first thing I go to mm-hmm. because yeah, I mean,
0: yeah. And I do like what Travis says that it's still a commentary about home ownership. It's still a commentary on the middle class. It's still a commentary on how to make it in life, but also, you know, like you said, there's no such thing as an apolitical game. Now, the first episode we ever had with Mr. Matty plays is talking about being an apolitical gamer. And you know, sure, uh, I still stand by it. Mm-hmm. But uh, here's the thing, is though, is that when somebody's my problem is that when somebody sidesteps and saying like, oh, this game is not political. Oh, we're not commentating mm-hmm. on it. But you have world events that are clearly political. Yeah. What you're saying is that, uh, no, no remarks here. So you think that, you know, the way capitalism is, is right now, you think that's a-okay? Yeah, no, no comments. You think that, yeah. um, not even white supremacy, but people who think better of themselves, which is white supremacy in yeah. of itself. I'm stupid. Uh, you think that's a-okay. And that's what Travis is saying is that's mm-hmm. you know, you're basically saying it's a-okay. Nothing wrong here. Nothing and- to comment on.
1: To backtrack a bit to when you asked me, like, oh, do you think they're protecting the developers or people Mm. who worked on it? No, I think they're protecting themselves because it's allow They are allowing themselves to talk about a left idea Mm -hmm. in their game while keeping their right-sided players because they're telling the right side. No, we're not commenting on it. It's fine. Mm -hmm. We're not, it's not political. It'll be fine. Mm -hmm. And, but while the game is still pleasing that left side, Mm-hmm. So yes. they're just protecting themselves. They're making sure they're preserving gamers when they say this.
0: Oh yeah. They're they're preserving their audience. Uh so I also asked on Discord and I got two answers from Tufer and Commander Nikki. I said, "Can you make a game with World Events without being political?" And Tufer has to say, "No, but I wish they're just video games." Uh by saying like, "Can you make a game with World Events without being political?" Um uh, he says, no, it's not possible, but he wishes it was possible, but they're just video games. And I do agree to a sense. Yeah. And I think that you can make a game, you know, well, can you make a game with real life world events right now? Can you make a game about the pandemic and say, hey, it's not political? You can't really say that. Can you make a game like Piku Niku and have, um, you know, going into, you know, world pres- world preservation and eco-friendly uh, practices? Can you say that's not political? In somewhat, sure, it's no, more, yeah. You can't. But they're just video games. Now, can you say that Dark Souls is political? If you really stretch, sure, it's political, but if yeah. you're really stretching. But if you have a game that's directly tied to world events and say that it's not political, you can't really do that. Yeah. But what do you think?
1: No, I completely agree with everything you just said. And like I said earlier, whether the person who made it or not realized that their own personal bias is always going to come out in their art. Mm-hmm. So the fact that, like I said, whoever wrote this or decided on it, yes. put climate crisis in there, mm-hmm. kind of shows their personal bias. I would assume that the creator of that game mm-hmm. is leaning left.
0: Yes. Or they... No, they wouldn't lean right because, you know, climate crisis doesn't exist to them. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, so... And I don't mean to demonize people, by the way. I
1: No, I mean, and there are certainly people on the right who do believe in the climate crisis. But yes. someone who's mm-hmm. wants to make their game about it mm-hmm. probably leans a more left than right.
0: Before I read Commander Nikki's, um, can we actually make a game about not just the climate crisis? I think that's important. Can we also do one about the student loan crisis? That would be a that video game I would play. That sounds very triggering. I would play it. Anyways, so Akamander Nikki has this to say: Every topic is a political one, one way or another, and unfortunately, it's only some stuff people flip their stuff up, uh, flip their stuff out about. I'm not going to get into the same length of rant as I got into last time. Uh, we had a similar topic, and he had to shorten mine and interweave uh-huh. inter- or- these answers. I remember that. Uh, so let me accompany my answer with thi- with this post that I found looking for a fitting meme shares uh, Twitter from at Sleepy Hussy or Sleep Hussy. Um, um, but you know good point nonetheless, saying politics and video games a handy guide. not political, military, industrial complex, colonialism, militarization of police, social engineering, digital information control, surveillance, fascism, institutional oppression, proxy worlds. Uh, proxy wars, all these not political. Political, women, gays. Um uh, and then so sh- accurate. <laughs> those two things are political. But all these things military colonialism, mm-hmm. digital information control, fascism, that's not political, but women and the gays? That's political. Uh Commander Nikki ends it with this. We live in a world in which we in which saying can we not harass or even kill people based on their gender, sexuality, ethnicity, religion, etc., is a political statement instead of common effing sense. Mm-hmm. And yes, I wholeheartedly agree that just saying that, hey man, nope, black lives matter. Oh, you're being political. Hey man, hey, just Black Lives Matter. There we go. End of sentence. Stop being political there. Black lives matter. Wow, who would have thunk it? Yeah, But like she says, like, can we not harass or even kill people based on their gender, sexuality, inth- ethnicity, religion is a political statement. And in games, it says that it's not political, mm-hmm. right? But what are your thoughts on her answer?
1: No, I definitely agree. Because like, I never thought of it that way, where it's like any game that talks about, that has military in it, mm-hmm. instantly political. Military yeah. is a branch of whatever government you are under yes your military works for the government Mm -hmm. um so yeah i mean and i never thought about it that way yeah um which i mean for some games can be a stretch they it's a military game but like i don't know the details because i don't know any of those games sure but yeah i mean it can be Mm -hmm. so yeah i don't have a bunch of things about that but um yeah i never thought of it that way
0: yeah uh, Commander Nikki, I appreciate your answer and I appreciate uh that you included Sleep Pussy's, uh tweet. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Sleep Pussy. Uh, but I want to get into, you know, going into closing thoughts here and I want to end, you know, you know, before we end, ask you a little question here. Uh now we're, we're talking about can world events be in video games without it being political. And we're talking about people that instantly find anything political in a game, right? Mm-hmm. And just instantly think about the politics within it. Much like a youth pastor goes into every single movie that it ever watches and oh. ever takes his youth pa- uh youth group into and just says, "Hey, this can be circled around to a youth group lesson because I'm too lazy and I can't think of a uh, youth event other than take them to the movies instead of just making an excuse that I'm taking my youth kids to a movie instead of making it to a lesson because the church elders are going to make me put it into a job description. Side
1: note to maybe talk about in a what's biz? if you remind me. Yes. My youth pastor made us. We did a lock-in for our confirmation class. Hmm. He made us watch Forrest Gump, and then he would pause it to play games. And I know that somewhere in there, he tried to connect it to like Christianity and the Bible. I'm just like, it's Forrest Gump. Someti- it's not like that.
0: Sometimes it's okay to just take your youth kids to a movie. It does not have to be a lesson every single time. Yeah. But that is just me. I am not a youth pastor anymore. I got kicked out. But, and this is why. And this is why. <laughs> I say that, oh wow, why why to be lazy? And yet I'm not a youth pastor. So yeah. I don't have a like to stand on. So the thing I'm gonna ask you is that is it more people just trying to search for answers within a game studio of getting a political stance on something? Or is it just being or is just being apolitical just that easy and you can just cop out anytime and just say, hey, not political, and you can just say, okay six days of fallujah not political Mm -hmm. oh this climate crisis oh you're right not political yeah but is it also other gamers going into a game searching for an answer of how they should think about politics or how a game Mm -hmm. studio would think about politics um do you do can we think that a game studio can be apolitical or is it more the gamers trying to say that what's your stance here
1: i think it's a little bit of both Okay. Um. As far as the game studios, it kind of goes back to me saying they're protecting themselves when they say this. The camera's about to turn off if you want to fix that. Okay. Um. So, but it goes back to saying they're trying to protect themselves. They're making, like we said, they're making this conscious decision to, do, to, to center their game around a political topic, something that they know is a topic that is talked about a lot in politics. And they know that and that's why they're putting this statement out there because they don't want their non-political gamers to not be interested in the game they're saying that and they might be right like i said it depends on how they handle it in the game Mm -hmm. if it's just part of the world and there's nothing really commenting on it Mm -hmm. okay but even if you have your main character or whatever you're doing out there helping the refugees or the refugees are refugees because of the some form something that the climate crisis caused mm-hmm. guess what that makes it political as far as gamer side of it that also goes back to what i said when it, they can't help how a gamer will read it mm-hmm. there are people out there and it is a lot more common with younger millennials and gen zers mm-hmm. that gen zers are very political yeah. they're very invested in politics which is Awesome for them, because our generation in our school age didn't teach us really. No. They did not tell us really anything about politics.
0: Well, they did. We just um, didn't care.
1: They didn't emphasize the, the huge importance.
0: We were in the George Bush era, like George Bush Jr. Like the-
1: No one really cared.
0: <laughs> like, that's the thing. They were
1: mostly just focused on the fact that this man was a president.
0: Yeah, we, went, we were in George Bush Jr., and then we went to Obama. Like, everything was fine, except for 2008. Yeah. But...
1: Yeah. So mm-hmm. we didn't really grow up that political. I'm starting to get into it more now that I'm an adult and I'm like, mm, this stuff matters. But going back to my original point is yeah. that Gen Zers are very political. They're very invested in politics and the world around them, which is super awesome. But a lot of them do look for politics in every little thing they do, mm-hmm. which isn't always a bad thing. But when it comes to video games, some of them might do that. They still play video games, even though they're political. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I mean, you, there are definitely gamers who are going to go into a coffee shop, a video game, a movie, Mm -hmm. a hair salon and look for politics and, and look for holes or things like that, or something that tells them where this person stands Mm -hmm. in the political game. Yes. So I, I, it can go either way with the game. I think both parties are completely separate. Mm The, the, Developers and the gamers, and neither side can control the e- each other. Mm. Really, I mean, I mean, gamers can control the game, you know, things like that. But mm. those are my confusing thoughts.
0: Well, I can't follow up with that, so <laughs> I think. Expi- Sorry, did
1: I exhaust you?
0: No, no that that was uh, an answer. I'm not going to even try to follow up on that. Was oh. well, that was well thought out. Thank you. Um, I think with that, I think it's um. I think it's a good place to actually go into our official closing thoughts. Okay. I just wanted to ask you that question there. But uh, talking about closing thoughts here, uh, with video games and politics, I'll have mine and then you can mm-hmm. have the last word here. Okay. But with world events, they happen. World events will constantly happen. Current events, that's that's what they are. They're currents, right? Now, when we're talking about Canada... Oh, oh, Okay. So, sorry, I thought Mike Fury uh, added, a, added an answer, but he did not. So, here we go. So, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Mike Fury. For, for my the turn.
1: distraction. Well, I mean, that's kind of your fault. You left your phone on vibrate.
0: Well, <laughs> anyways, but World of Fans, current events, they will happen. Now, sales will happen for a video game because current events do happen. They try to base their game on what will sell, mm-hmm. and that is only happening because what is current. What is modern? What is in the mainstream audience's minds right now? And So when you say that a current world events is not political, you're just trying to say that, hey, man, I'm just doing this in the game because I know it will make sales, which is mm-hmm. a dirty move in of itself. So I believe, in my mind, yes. You can actually have a game with world events that is not political, meaning that... You're doing it not for a political stance, but you're doing it for the audience that is you know, currently playing your game and selling it. You're using politics, you're using triggering, uh, triggering words, you're using all these different things just to trigger a response from people, just to have them make a sale in your game. Good job, you're using a political climate right now that is beyond divisive, Mm -hmm. and you're using it for your own monetary gain. So when Battlefield 2042 is coming out, and they're saying that we're putting in refugee camps, we're putting in refugees, and it's only a gameplay thing, we're only putting in a climate crisis because it's only a gameplay thing. When you put out Six Days of Fallujah, and you're saying, oh, you know, it's not really political. What you're doing is saying that I don't care about politics, and I don't care about what your feelings are on politics. I want your wallet, and I know this will trigger a response from you because all of you Uh, you know, all of your money bags have political ideas, and I know this will get you to buy our game. Understand that, that video games and the video game industry is a business. First and foremost, politics is not on their agenda. What is on their agenda is knowing what is in the audience's minds. Mm -hmm. Politics. Wow. So understand this, that, yes, I think you can make a world event game without being political because for the sole fact of monetary reasons. But does that mean it's not political? No. But I think their ideas are more on the monetary sense rather than political sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, So understand that whenever you're getting triggered by a game, that's exactly what they want you to do. So They want
1: you to talk about them.
0: They want you to talk about them. So if they say that we're going to put this in, but it's not political. They're expecting you to respond in a negative way yeah. and either boycott it or buy it even more. Mm-hmm. So there's that. That's my response. That's my closing thoughts. Liz, what are yours?
1: Um, So I definitely agree with what you said, that if it is very political, but they're saying it's not and that stuff. It's not probably because they want you to buy it, Um, but I don't want to demonize them before we know why they did it
0: oh no i'm just a Um, negative human being that's all
1: (laughs) i'm just not one to do that Mm -hmm. not adam's not a bad person Uh, i just as he likes to describe me i swim in the gray and i mm -hmm. like to give everyone the benefit of the doubt um even though he's probably right (laughs) that's true i'm just giving them the benefit of the doubt that maybe they aren't doing it for you know the money maybe Mm -hmm. they You know, they had to have known when they chose this topic that it was going to be political, which is why they put out the statement. It's not political, even though their topics are. Yes. Um, Do I think you like I said, do you think do I think you can make a game these days about current world topics Mm -hmm. and not be political? Yeah. Yes and no.
0: (laughs) In the gray once again.
1: (laughs) Like I said earlier, it depends on how you use it. I think it's really difficult to use them without being political. Cause like I said, with this game, mm-hmm. um, if you even have the characters helping refugees or the refugees are there because it's something the climate crisis did, that's political. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really difficult to do, but if you can do it, I think that's where the key is. Um, and that's where I can say, you could say that it's not political. So I'm interested in seeing what they mean in this game. Yeah um i know i had other things to say <laughs> but i've said a lot in this <laughs>
0: that's fine
1: um but yeah so i mean it all in all i'm gonna continue swimming in the gray um you can but it's difficult yes um, if you're gonna use world topics you might as well just dive into the deep end and mm. or here's a thinker okay make a game where it feeds both sides of the political spectrum Okay. And they can choose.
0: Oh. There
1: you go. You can serve your purpose while also letting people think they have a choice.
0: <laughs> um that is spec ops the line in a nutshell. <laughs> um Yeah, so not exactly. But uh so that's our response. And I and I think that's why our dynamic uh works so well, because you do swim in the gray area. I'm very much black and white, and I'm a negative human being. So um uh, <laughs> But yeah, that's our conversation on can you make world events? Uh and not be political in a video game. But I wanna hear your thoughts in the comments mm-hmm. down below. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking? Am I stupid? Am I too negative? Uh is my nose too big? What? Yes. No. It's too wide. What? Uh I don't know. I don't like my face. <laughs> Anyways, I like so for write your comments and your thoughts down below in the comment section. So again, we only have After this episode, we only have two more episodes after this, and we're going to go on a hiatus. Uh, We're going to rebuild the show, but uh, we're going to have fun in the meantime by talking about politics. Mm -hmm. So, again... Thank you again for listening to this week's podcast. I hope you had a good time here, and thank you all for putting in your submissions for the uh, social media answers. We want to thank you again, and uh, continue to listen to the Games of podcast, so even when we're on hiatus. You haven't caught up on all the podcasts. I'm sure you haven't. We got plenty more. We got a lot of great guests that came on the show, so definitely check out the past episodes if you're coming into this new. Um, and be sure to subscribe, hit that notification bell, so that you know when the rest of these uh, episodes come out, as well as when we're coming back from the highest how we're going to rebrand uh how we're going to reboot it so definitely stay tuned for that and the best way to do that is hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you know immediately when we're coming back Mm -hmm. so um with all that said and done thanks again we hope you're safe out there um love each other even though i'm negative there's t- there's always political sides, but all is what bleh, wow, all what politics are doing right now is dividing us. But we need to come together. We need to unify. Don't demonize people. Don't be me. <laughs> um, just love each other. Don't care about life. Don't don't care about people's people's politics. But just live life in a way just representing love. That's and who it. who you are and who you are. Like come on now, come together. Be like Raya and the Last Dragon. Just come together unified Mm -hmm. with all that said and done stay (laughs) try stay striving stay gaming and we'll see you in the next one
1: bye